Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1880. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Tingsboro, Massachusetts, with a very special guest by the name of Eddie Trainer. Hey, Eddie, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready to go. Let's do it. And I think for someone like you with the kind of things that you're creating, I should be asking, are you ready for a great adventure? Because that's what you're all about. Now, before I dive into who you are and what you're doing, would you share one little thing that most people don't know about you? I guess, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, my other passion besides, you know, building the vans, which is music, kind of what got me into the vans in the first place is kind of wanting a way to to separate myself and focus on that for a little bit. Yeah, very cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we'll dive into what you're doing here. Eddie Trainer is the owner of Interstate Vans. Eddie and his dog, Elaney, set off on a post-college adventure to travel with as few costs and as many experiences possible. And that's what he did. The best way to do this, creating a van that was outfitted with all he needed for his personal needs and of course, Laney's too. Since returning from his trip, Eddie realized his passion for innovation in small spaces could become a business and Interstate Vans was born. Eddie combined his passion for problem solving with client collaboration to create entirely custom-built camper vans for those who love adventure. We'll be back in just a minute to continue on this adventure, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So give them a little love and we will be right back. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors including the original, their Premier Series and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, While I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled 
are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Eddie, normally I say let's dive a little deeper into the corner, but we're in an off-road or an on-road van here, so maybe we're not diving into corners here. Maybe the pots and pans might move around a little bit. But I would love for you to talk about first what inspired what you're doing, this trip that you took with your dog that helped you realize, you know what? I think I can make this possible for other people as well. So uh, let's start with this post-college trip. What was that all about? Um, So I think it was probably about my junior year. I just decided that this is something I was going to do. Started, you know, more deliberately saving up for it. And then once college ended about a month later, I bought a van and I, with the gracious opportunity of my parents' driveway, I I set up there and I, I built the thing out. And yeah, from there I was I was road tripping. It was on and off. I had the van for a period of a year or so. Traveled for a while, and you know, while I was traveling, I was having fun, but I was also you know spending time in the van, thinking about ways that I could make it better. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I listed it for sale, and I, I headed home, and I needed something to do, so I decided to build another van with the purpose of resale in mind. And from there, you know, I, I kept doing that, and then decided that the route that made more sense was, you know, doing it custom um, for other people. And, you know, it was also more fun getting to work with someone as opposed to just, you know, going off what you like, right? Right. What year was this that you uh, first ventured off after your junior year in college? Uh, So I got the van end of 2018. So not too long ago, just about three years. Yeah. And then I I had the van for all of 2019 and sold it at the beginning of 2020. Beginning of 2020. Something Kind of crazy happened then, if I recall right. You know what's very interesting about this venture? Your timing, I think in many ways, of course, nobody could plan the pandemic and who would want to anyway? My gosh. However, one of the things I've noticed since the pandemic are people going out and hitting the road, doing exactly what you did. Now, I'm an older person than you, so I could be your father, no doubt. But I have a lot of friends that are in my age bracket and even younger people. And you see it on YouTube, these people that go overlanding and they build themselves something and they go live in their van and they travel. I've got a couple I follow on the YouTube called Sailing La Vagabond that have been sailing around the world for six years. They just had their second baby on a sailboat. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. So I think your timing was kind of right because right now it's still a little tentative out there. We're still not quite sure with this uh, pandemic virus thing. Is is it really gone? Not really, but what's it going to mean? So people want to get out in nature and enjoy things. So let's fast forward to this van that you're building. Talk to us more about the kind of van it is, the platform it's on. What are some of the things that you've done for people to make them make it custom? And maybe what are some of the things you learned in your van that you went, okay, this is what I need to do different for somebody that's out here in the wilderness and, and having fun seeing the country? Yeah. I mean, so, so I guess first off, we work on you know a variety of vans. The first van I did was a Nissan NV200. We've done a handful of Ram Promasters. 
Ford Transits as well, and we have a sprinters a sprinter coming in soon. Mm-hmm. So the the main three that people use are the the Transit, the ProMaster, and the Sprinter. I guess some notable features would be you know you're almost always doing some sort of bed setup, right? Unless it's a, a unique build, but we center around campers, so you know people need a way to sleep, right? And then usually a kitchen setup. And then the other thing that some people do and some people don't is the shower, right? Mm. Some people think it's worth the space that it takes up. Some people think they're fine just with a little outdoor hookup and being able to spray down in a parking lot or while camping whatnot. Yeah. So people can basically do whatever they want to do. Let's go back to your trip. Uh, As you traveled with Lainey and saw the country first of all look where did you go what what kind of places did you go to did you go to camping sites did you go off-road did you, coastal environments uh, interior of the country I mean there's so much to see here yeah it was mostly uh, I would say a southern road trip so I'm from Massachusetts I pretty much sent it right down to uh, about Tennessee-ish at the Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, and then I made my way west, you know, through Arkansas, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and then um, ended up spending a fair amount of time in the San Diego area. But as far as campsites, that's something I almost never stayed at. Um, the only time I'd really stay at campsites is if I was sightseeing, uh, whether it was a national park or some other landmark. And why was that? You know, the, the main reason for that is I guess partially, you know, traveling cheaply, right? There's a lot of opportunities, especially in the South and Southwest to camp for free. There's land that's managed by the the Bureau of Land Management. That's basically just, it's just free camping spots. You can stay there up to two weeks and there's often a lot of people there depending on where you are, or they can also be very secluded, but they can be social spots or very, you know, quiet out of the way spots as well. Sure. Now, what about staying connected to the world? Basically, most of the places you went, could you still use your cellular service? Or uh, are you finding that in many of your vans these days, people want to stay connected all the time and they have Wi-Fi built in or some way that they can always stay connected no matter how far off the road they are? Yeah, I mean, so I would say the cell surface is, you know, is pretty good in most places until you you really get out there. One thing we'll often do for people is is cell phone boosters, right? So cell signal boosters, right? So that just involves an antenna on the top of the van, and then a device inside of the van that's going to, you know, amplify that signal while you're, you know, inside the van. Do you do primarily are these gas and diesel powered vans? Yeah. Do you see electric vans being sometime in the future for this kind of? It's on my mind. There's a there's an electric model of the Sprinter in Europe now, but I believe the range is very low, like something around 100 miles. Oh, geez, yeah. Which, in terms of you know, with a fully loaded van, right, that range is going to go down. Mm-hmm. And kind of the one of the main reasons people use vans, right, is because you know they want to get out there and they don't want to be tied to anything, right? They're sacrificing the size of an RV to be able to go out of the way, right? Sure. And with the 100 mile range, that's not really possible. So. I think down the line, it's definitely something that I'm going to consider, but it may be a while before the vehicles are really ready for for what we need, you know? Yeah, seems like it. I mean, you see some of the Teslas now having up to 400 plus mile ranges, uh, which is pretty good. But again, that's a small car that's somewhat light compared to a big van full of all this kind of equipment and so forth. So with the vans you've built so far, are there some themes to some of these vans that people, I mean, are there people that like, okay, I'm a surfing adventure person or off-road biking person or just a family or is everyone different? Um, everyone's different. I mean, like you mentioned, a lot of people want to accommodate a hobby, right? So the last van we, we did that actually was delivered this weekend. A main thing was, they're, they're big fat tire bikes. They wanted to get inside the van. So we 
a con- we basically sized the height of the bed so that the bikes could fit underneath and so that they could slide out on a big tray in the back and they'd have easy access to those. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that's fun. What's the most unique thing you've put in a van? Most unique thing I would say is, is, you know, probably just doing that, that big full shower. You know, we're always finding unique ways to use small spaces, whether it's like a pull out, you know, slim pull out pantry or a slide out closet or, or things along those lines. It is always fun getting that shower in there because it's a, it's a, it's obviously takes up a lot of space, but it is a nice accommodation to have. Now, obviously with a shower, you've got to have a water tank to, to feed that thing. So that adds some space and water as well or space and, and weight, I should say, water. Yeah, of course it's yeah. water because it's a water we, tank. <laughs> we can usually get about 30 to 35 gallons, and we'll almost always mount those inside the van. The reason for that is is four seasons, right? If, if we have them in the, in the van, it's a lot easier to keep them warm and keep them from freezing in low temperatures, as opposed to underneath, I guess is the other option. You know, I have some friends who've bought their first. I've got a friend who's getting a van built right now. Uh, and then I've got another buddy who bought a, a Porsche Cayenne to pull a Bolus trailer. And if you've ever seen those, they're quite spectacular. They look like an old vintage kind of Airstream airplane type thing. Uh, they wanted something they could disconnect their car and go off-roading in their car and then come back. So the whole unit didn't have to go out and do that and they didn't have to, you know, uh, set everything up. But in the case of both of these friends of mine, they'd never gone camping before. This is a whole new venture for them, something they wanted to start doing later in life. If I was to come to you and I had not camped before, what's kind of a litany of questions you go through with me so that I ended up with something that would work for me and questions that I would not think to incorporate, but you would because you're the expert. I guess, you know, the nice thing about this is you don't you don't really need to have camped before because usually, you know, we'll set things up with a fair amount of accommodations, right? So it's an easy way to kind of put yourself out there in the middle of nowhere without, well, you, you have the escape with you, right? If that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I guess that, you know, what we'll start with, right, is just figuring out how they're going to use the van. So one of the first questions I'll ask is, you know, what seasons do you see yourself using the van? Do you see yourself kind of chasing a warm weather or hanging out at ski mountains? And we'll ask questions like that, that can kind of gauge what they need in terms of systems for the van. Cause that's usually one of the most important things, whether that's just heating, they need heat and AC, or if they need a, you know, a big power system or mm-hmm. things along those lines. And then we'll go from there and, and really try to dig into layout, right? So some people will come to us with an inch for inch floor plan. They know exactly what they want, been researching it for a few years. They're ready to go. Some people love the idea and are ready to do it, but they want a little bit of direction on figuring out a layout that's going to work for them. And fit and finishes is the world your oyster, depending on how big your checkbook is and what you want the inside of this thing to be outfitted in. I'm talking wood or carpeting or wool or all the different fits and finishes that you could have inside. Yeah. So I guess, you know, two comparisons I can make, right, is three vans ago, we did a lot of upholstery, right? So we did wall panels out of fabric called marine vinyl. And, you know, we, we use a lot of that as well as some wood. Other people, they want a really homey look. So we'll do shiplap all the way up the walls, maybe some, some real wood on the ceilings and butcher block countertops or, th- or things like that, right? So yeah. there's definitely a lot, of, a lot of options in terms of that. When you think of the vans that you're building, what would be the most number of people you could accommodate in a van? Um, you can, you know, you can totally set things up to sleep a family, right? It obviously, you know, it comes at the sacrifice of space and, and potentially other things. Mm-hmm. So in order to seat 
a family, say four people, you need another set of seats beside the two captain chairs that are, you know, up front. And that's obviously going to take a chunk of your living space. Right. And then you also need to think about how you're going to sleep that many people. Right. So that could be bunk beds in the back. It could be one fixed bed. And then maybe one of the seats folds down to a bed up front, but it's definitely a challenge. And usually other things do have to be sacrificed unless you decide to go with a bigger van, if that makes sense. And let's talk about systems and functionality, because these are kind of some of the hidden things that people don't really think about. They're always thinking about the pretty environment and how things look, but there's everything's got to work really well together. It's like the foundation of a home and all the plumbing and piping and everything behind the walls that's hidden. What are some of the elements of the systems that you really need to think about when you're building one of these? Yeah, so when, when people first come to us, you know, they'll ask for a range in price and we tell them that that varies obviously with the systems, right? Those are the main things that, you know, you can cut costs on, but can also spend a lot of money on. The main systems in the van are going to be your electrical system, your heating system, your way to generate hot water, which is sometimes combined with your heating system, your cooling system, and then your general plumbing, right? So the first thing we'll assess is, you know, what people need for power. We almost always do big lithium battery setups range from like 200 amp hours to about 600. And that primarily depends on if people, if the person needs air conditioning, right? Because if you need air conditioning, that's going to function off the grid. It's a huge power draw and you, you got to really invest into the power system. From there, we'll, like I said, we'll talk about, you know, what climates they see themselves using the van in. If, if they think some serious winter camping, we'll kind of look into some of the higher end heating systems. Um, and the top of the line that we install is a, a system by a company named Van Life Tech. It's a combination of radiant heated floors, forced hot air, and then also instant hot water. Radiant uh, heated floors. Woo. That's getting You nice. got it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The main advantage to that that you don't, you know, you don't always think about, right, is if you have all your water tanks in a van, inside of the van, mm-hmm. and you have radiant heated floors, that system's going to work, you know, deep into the negative, you know, Fahrenheit temperatures, right? And if your tanks are sitting on top of warm floors, they're never going to freeze. So you have a van that you can park at a ski mountain and it's totally going to work all the time. Nice. Ah, see, hadn't thought about that. What, yeah. What's the difference or what is the range from where you start with a van in weight and where you end up? Yeah, so a specific example I could give you um, would be the Ram Promaster. They come, I believe, about 4,500 pounds empty, and they're rated up to 9,000. So wow. usually we'll end up around the 8,000 range, maybe closer to nine. It, it's honestly, it's tough to overload these vehicles. We usually will do a little bit of work to the suspension just because, you know, you are keeping that weight in there all the time and that's going to, you know, put a little wear and tear on the suspension. So we'll usually do a little something to help give that a little longevity. Yeah, I always like to ask my guests about driving inspirations that are key mentors in their life that helped uh, influence them to become the people they are today. Is there a a key person like that in your life? I mean, obviously, I got to jump to my, my parents. I would say, you know, with my, my dad, it's just a kind of even keeled attitude that I, I'm always taking to, to things, whatever it is, right? And work and life can be stressful, but I feel like the kind of evenness that he's instilled in me has helped a lot with that as I've been kind of starting the business and dealing with all the things that come with that. And then I guess for my mom, it's she's just one of those people that's always working, right? sometimes doesn't know how to sit down, but it's, she's also instilled that into me being able to work these long days when projects have to be finished and, and things like that. I think I, I definitely get from her. Yeah. She sounds like me. She doesn't sit well. 
<laughs> That's wonderful. I love it. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a challenge that you faced, perhaps with this business as you launched it, because uh, these challenges, while they're a pain in the rear, they always offer us something as far as a learning lesson. So keep that in thought, and we'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. So let's talk about a big challenge that you faced in launching this business and in getting this thing up and going and moving and so forth. What has been one of your biggest challenges? Honestly, I would say it's it's pretty much everything besides building the van. Those everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love building the vans and everything that goes along with it, but there's definitely a, a lot more than I, that I re- didn't realize goes along with, you know, owning a business uh, besides a actually business operating. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether that's, you know, the marketing or setting up the website or networking, it's all stuff that is, is pretty foreign to me. And I'm, I'm trying to navigate at the same time as trying to meet deadlines on, on, on projects and make sure the vans are working well and looking good and, and whatnot. Well, I always say to people, and I've just learned this from talking to so many people here in Cars, yeah, find somebody who's good at that and hire them to do it and focus on what you're good at. <laughs> I'm just accepting that, that there's certain things that I just have to understand that I'm not going to be able to do on my own. Well, it's a matter of placing your time value and your your skill sets are in one area and to try to relearn all that, whereas there's so many people out there that come in and help you and get you so far forward. I see this a lot with a lot of the entrepreneurs on Cars Yeah here. I'll take a very simple example, and that would be people who fabricate uh, hot rods and so forth. They build hot rods, they restore cars and so forth. They're very good at the actual tactile part of doing their job. But when it comes to the business side, not only are they not very experienced, but they don't like any of it. And they fight themselves all day long, every night, every weekend after work, doing all the paperwork, all this stuff, versus the people who've become successful, they go out and find someone to help them with that. And that's a real key lesson I can share with you, uh, Eddie, that will get you along further, much faster. Uh, I know it's tough because then, well, where does that money come from? But learning how to get to that place, uh, you'll prove, will prove to be very, very valuable for sure. If you were were to look ahead, let's say just three years, because looking much further out, especially these days, it's hard to see. Who knows what's going to get thrown at us? But let's say three years from now, what's your bucket list vision of what your company will become? I mean, you know, it's hard to say. Obviously, part of that would be being able to do more vans at one time. So for a little bit, it was it was just me. So I was just focusing on one big project at a time. In the last few months, I, I just hired first employee, and, and we're not doing two vans at hey, a time. Congratulations! Actually, awesome. Thank There's you. There's a big step. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you know part of that would would maybe be just moving into a bigger place and 
being able to do maybe three or four vans at a time and, and see where I can get with that. But I'm trying not to think too far ahead and, you know, just focus on, on now. Well, how do you eat an elephant? There you go. And let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. Now, it could be that van that you shared, or maybe there was another one. What was a very, very special vehicle for you? And tell me a little bit about that ride. I guess I, was, I could switch it up. Obviously, we've talked about the vans a lot. Is a first car, uh, 04 Nissan Altima. Uh, I was lucky to have a hand-me-down car that went from my parents to my sister to me. And that car actually you know, helped me set all this up, right? So I used that car to deliver pizzas in college for a couple of years. And then, you know, put away the money for that first van. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that it, was, it definitely was a little bit of a knocker, but it worked. Well, that's the way they are. But, you know, that's sometimes the best. You can thank your sister for not crashing that thing so that it could be handed down to you and you could uh, use it to, to start to build your business. I want to crawl in your head a little bit. This is a unique question that I'll bet nobody's ever asked you. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be and why? I guess, you know, for this one, I guess I could jump back to the vans. Yeah. Okay. I would say, what would I be and why? Um, so the first van I had was a Nissan NV200, but I guess I'm going to say the, the NV2500. So it's just the uh, full-size cargo <laughs> cargo van, obviously, that Nissan makes, right? And it's kind of a little funny looking. It's it's pretty boxy. I don't know if you've seen the thing before. But when you do see it, you you look at it, you're like, what? what is that car? Well, the front of it yeah. is really odd. It's yeah. <laughs> you kind of, because we've all, ra- you know, I'm a lot older than you, but raised in vans that had flat fronts. You know, you're going all the way back to the VW van and then the Ford Econoline van and and the Chevys and all these things. And it this thing looks like a truck with a box on the back, but the box is kind of integrated. So I guess not not like those delivery trucks you see pickup trucks with a box, you know. It's different than that. Much more sleek. But yeah, it's got that that front trunk that kind of comes out. My neighbors have a, a mini Winnie, they call it. It's a Winnebago, but it's got the same kind of thing. It's like a same kind of front end. So I'm wondering, yeah, I'm curious since you know about these, why did they design it that way versus pulling the driver forward and the engine back? Does it give more space in the vehicle, in the cargo area? In all honesty, I'm not sure. It's it's one of the vans that I haven't worked on. And it's actually one of the, the it's, it's much less common than the other ones. And I my guess is that that's primarily because of the looks of it, right? That yeah, many people yeah. don't choose it. I would love to. I would love to work on one for sure. And honestly, I'm not sure why they they have it looking like that. But I I honestly like it because every time I see it, I scratch my head a little bit and just wonder. <laughs> well, if you go to their website, one of the taglines they they have for that van is "Protect you at every turn." And I'm wondering if by pulling the driver back versus having that engine back and the driver forward in the case of an accident, if that makes it what they would perceive as more safety conscious because you've just got more crash zone in front of you, if you will, you know, when you think about it versus that engine right next to you or underneath you, if you will, in a, in the case of a van type thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know either, but they are, they are a little funky looking, but they look like they have a lot of space in the back. And um, what do they come in different configurations as far as lengths? They do. I mean, there's a low and a high roof and also, you know, all the vans are going to have a short and a long wheelbase. But it's, I think one of the nice things about it is the headroom, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And get a little more standing room in it. And actually the vans that are a little bit boxier, like that van, which also includes the Ram Promaster is a, a bit of a bit more boxy than say the Transit or the Sprinter, actually have kind of less inconsistencies that you have to build around certain curves and, and uh, whatnot. Okay. So in a way they can be a little easier and a little less challenging of a build and I guess appealing in that way. 
The vans you've built so far, were they built on brand new platforms or were they built on used vans? Usually it's either new or slightly used. People try to, you know, get a van with a, a few miles to save a little bit of money. Interestingly, right now the I mean, as you know, I'm assuming that the used car market's a little weird. Oh, God. Especially for for vans. I've never seen it like this. It's crazy. My daughter has a Mini Cooper that she is uh, selling. She's had it for 11 years. And I was helping her, and I went, this thing's worth twice what it was six months ago. Yeah. No, it's... It's a high-mileage Mini Cooper. I mean, it's nothing special. And then I started looking up... I keep cars a long time. My wife has an 04 X5 and I have an 05 E46 M3 and they're up 40%, 50%. It's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so the downside is, right, that you're only saving, right, you can get a two-year-old van with 25,000 miles, but you're only saving one or 2,000 off of that new van, right? So more recently, I've been telling people if you can get new, it probably makes sense. Well, and there's the other problem. There's a big chip shortage. So a lot of these, uh, I read this morning, GM has something like 750,000 vehicles they can't deliver because no chips. So they're just sitting or they've stopped or slowed down construction of these vehicles. So yeah, it's a weird time. Uh, This pandemic has affected so many other things nobody would have ever even thought about in so many different ways. And plus, as I told my daughter, well, when you sell your car, you got to find another one and everything's more expensive, which means if you buy, I've always tried to convince my kids not to buy new vehicles, buy used vehicles, let the first guy take that depreciation for the cost of that new car smell. And, uh, but I said, you know, now you got to go find something else that's up in value that maybe next year will be worth 30% less immediately. So can you wait? Hmm, Maybe, I don't know. It's a weird time. That's for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, very very odd times we're living in. Uh, well, they have been for almost two years now. It's starting to be, starting to be normal. <laughs> well, I'd like normal. Yeah, that would be good. But uh, every time we start to think it is, something gets thrown our way. So, is there a, a book that you've read, Eddie, that you think our listeners should uh, take with them when they go out uh, overlanding and enjoy some time in nature? Honestly, I'm not a big reader. The the one book that comes to mind. One of the few books I read in college because I was a science major, but it's it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Carnegie, yeah. Yeah. So I, in college, I took an entrepreneurship class. I was a science major, like I said, but I, I wanted to get in a class with my friends and it was one credit. Um, so I hopped in it and I didn't think I'd be starting a business a few years later, but this was an interesting book because, um, you know, it talked about all the things that I'm using now and, you know, that's just like, I guess it was applied to entrepreneurship. So it was, you know, learning to respect people and how that's going to help you because, you know, you're treating them well and then they're going to want to, you know, do a good job for you. So that's, I've definitely taken some lessons from that with what I'm doing now. It's funny because I didn't expect it. Yeah. It's one of those books I've had on my shelf for a long, long time. And I pick it up again. Awesome. 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 (laughs) Often as I'm trying to say and uh, reread it because there's just continuing great things in there. And it was, gosh, written long ago. I have to go look up when it was written, but it's been around for a long, long time. It's definitely uh, lasted the test of time for sure. We'll take one more short break and then we're going to go on the ultimate drive. Hmm, This will be interesting to see if we end up doing what I think you're going to be doing or if you want to do something different. So sit tight. We'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion 
based on first-hand experiences. A talented linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. Okay, so I have a magic scepter, if you will, which enables me to offer you the ultimate drive. That means you can pick any vehicle in the world. You can go with anybody you want to go with, living or deceased, and you can go anywhere you want to go. So what does your ultimate drive look like, Eddie? I mean, I think I'm, I'm going to have to keep this one on theme. The only big road trip I did in a van was more of a southern road trip. So I, I definitely want to see the northern half of the states a little more. And obviously, that would be in a van, fully outfitted. I'm, I'm hoping to have one for personal use again soon because I unfortunately don't right now. But <laughs> As it goes sometimes, it's like the, uh, uh, the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Everyone I've had, I've been, you know, sparing with the driving because I've I've been planning on selling it, right, and want to keep that mileage down. But I'd love to have one to enjoy. Um, and who would you be with? So I think that'd be with my girlfriend. She's not a big camper, right? So having a well, van, we better would change that. To get her out. <laughs> Does she right? know who she's dating? My goodness. <laughs> yeah. So I, w- I want to try to get her out there, and I think that'd be easier with a van um, to see some of these places that I've. I've seen and I haven't. Well, my nephew was just visiting and he and his girlfriend went out to Yellowstone and he said, my gosh, if you've never been to Yellowstone, it's just so incredible. And one of the things he noted was that when they got there, you see all these tourists there, right? And people would walk up to one of the many, many things to see in Yellowstone and they would hold their camera up and get a selfie and turn around and walk back to the car. And he would stand there and go, uh, how about turning around and looking at what what you're here for and spending some really quality time looking at the beauties of this place and taking a longer hike and so forth. And it's one of those things that I'm afraid we've all kind of, I'm guilty of it sometimes too, is the social media, the cameras, the, instead of putting those away and really looking and seeing the beauties that we have to see in this country, right? 
Yeah, I think in some ways, maybe it would be nice if the service in the national parks doesn't get better so that you're forced <laughs> to do that as opposed to have to make the decision on your own. Yeah, just shut it down. He said they hiked into some areas and they would just, you know, stay in one spot for an hour or two or three and, and just amazing place. And so, uh, yeah, there's just so much to see and to be able to do it in your own vehicle that you can stay in to make it easier. You don't have to worry about hotels and all that kind of thing. It sure sounds like a great adventure that Interstate Vans and Eddie Trainer can make a part of your life. Before I let you go today, would you share with me one little parting piece of wisdom or advice you might offer our listeners? It would just be, you know, to to take an opportunity, whether it's with a van or, you know, just to a car, just to kind of get out there and see things. Definitely something I'm really glad I did after school, as opposed to just kind of, you know, jumping into the workforce. And mm-hmm. it's definitely created some really unique opportunities for me. So yeah, I would say just to enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And I, I'm really happy. And every time I think about it, really surprised that I have the opportunity <laughs> to do this. Um, I definitely didn't think it's where I'd be. Well, you know what? You don't just land in these places by accident. Uh, and that's definitely what you've done with Interstate Van. So my hat's off to you. Uh, to take a very big, bold step at a young age and launch a business and give this a shot. And I, again, I think your timing is is exceptional, uh, just by luck, most likely. But It is. It's definitely serendipity. Yeah, but I've always said the best time to start something new is yesterday. Uh, don't wait. Get out there and do it. Because if, if one thing the pandemic has taught us is life can be fleeting. So get out there and enjoy it. How can people learn more about your business, Interstate Vans? Um, so just have a website, it's just interstatevans.com. Same with Instagram is main social media. That's just interstate underscore vans. Yeah, I guess those are my two kind of main platforms. All right, cool. I'll make sure I put links to those on Eddie Trainer, and it's T-R-A-Y-N-E-R, Eddie Trainer's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. You can check out what he's building, and if you have an inkling to get out there and be adventurous, uh, give him a call. Maybe he could build something very cool. Not maybe. He could build something very cool for you to go out and have a whole new adventure in life. I think that would be cool. I want to do a shout-out to uh, Stephania Catapano. And Stephanie, if I'm saying your name wrong, I apologize. She's got quite a name. A lot of syllables there. Uh, from GMLVPR, there's a good choice you made to hire a PR company to help promote you. She reached out to me, and here we go, uh, trying to promote Interstate Vans. So, Stephanie, thank you for bringing Eddie to Cars. Yeah. Thank you for me as well. I got I definitely got to give her a thank, sneak a thank you in there. Well. Yeah, for sure, for Much sure. Well, I appreciate you being so generous with your time today. I wish you the best of luck with this new venture. This is exciting. Thanks for being part of uh, inspiring automotive enthusiasts here on Cars. Yeah. Until you and I talk again, hopefully I'll see you down some kind of cool road in the future. There you go. Thanks a lot, Mark, for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. This was fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.